Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne. We hope that these words find you well during these trying days. We are not meeting in person, but we gather on Zoom on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. For more information, you can visit our website at uucheyenne.org or find us on Facebook. Free is not a license, but a promise. And I love that image from the reading, right, where Reverend Soto exhorts us, you are not a kudzu vine, which for those of you who have never lived somewhere with the, uh, that particular invasive species of plant, um, know that it, uh, it takes over everything, it chokes out everything, and it mostly does it to just feed itself. Right? Freedom does not mean that you are an invasive plant species who should take whatever is available to you for your own gain. Freedom is not a license. It's a promise. And I've been thinking about this, right? about what it means to use the freedom we have responsibly these days. And I've been thinking about it in the context of um, Pride Month, which right, typically is filled with parades and festivals, music, dancing, all of those sorts of things. But this year, Pride is filled with parades and festivals of a different kind. LGBTQ folks, queer people, two-spirit people are showing up in solidarity are showing up at marches and, and gatherings and vigils, chanting that Black Lives Matter and showing up for our siblings. And uh, sometimes the way that pride has shown up lately in uh, American culture can uh, seem different than its actual origins, right? And that pride's origins look a lot more like the protests and riots and uprisings that we see today than it does like a sanitized approved parade filled with companies happy to hand out their rainbow logo to you. I mean, I, I have been to my fair share. I have right in my basement is a rainbow striped State Farm fanny pack. I've got frisbees, I've got sunglasses, I've got brace, right? Like I think I've, uh, it's barefoot wine sunglasses, right? Just about every brand you can think of is happy to show up at a pride parade and hand you out a rainbow logo version of their product or a promotional thing for you to wear. But that is a far cry from pride's origins, from the riot that took place in and around the Stonewall Inn 51 years ago, later this June. Because at the time, LGBTQ people were harassed by police pretty relentlessly. Um, that the only place 
for dancing and gathering in the in New York City or in that neighborhood of New York City or one of the only places was the Stonewall Inn. And there was this unspoken understanding that the pattern would be that the cops would show up and bust things up and they would haul everyone out and they would haul away folks who looked the most deviant to their mind, right? They would haul away the drag queens, they would haul away the trans folks. And then this went on and on and on until at some point, the folks gathered at the Stonewall Inn pushed back that that LGBTQ people, especially sort of white, upper middle class gay and lesbian people had been advocating sort of quietly for incremental change for a really long time. And after years and years and years of that not working and that not giving right, freedom, that not acknowledging the universes that lived inside of all of their queer siblings, folks at the Stonewall Inn pushed back. And it was not organized or pretty or simple. It was folks who were the most affected by the police violence, trans women, people of color, drag queens, right? It was the folks most impacted by the police violence that kept being visited on the queer community who led the way, pushing back against police harassment and unfair treatment. Right, the first pride was a riot against police violence, against police brutality, and against police being enforcers of the status quo. That was its origin. It's come a long way from that. And there's lots of divergent opinions about whether the, a police-sanctioned parade is progress from that or not. But this Pride Month, I invite us to see what is happening around us and wonder, and wonder about the universes inside of our neighbors. Right, part of how the struggle, the struggle for LGBTQ rights right, moved was that people came to know the universes inside of people they cared about. Right, that people came to know the universe inside of their neighbor, of their child, of their spouse, of their parent, of their sibling. Right, they came to know that universe and realized that that universe was just as beloved and holy as their own. But that the idea that that will somehow be like a, a soft and fluffy mystical process is not true. Right, because sometimes getting to know the universe in your neighbor means that 
your own gets shaken, gets rocked, gets upended, right? Because sometimes the lived experience of someone you love and care about, someone who is your neighbor, will show you that your own has been narrowed in some way. So I invite us to hear these words uh, from the Reverend Susan Frederick Gray. Reverend Susan is the president of the UUA. And this is from a column that she wrote in the UU World, um, which is our denominational magazine that came out a few days ago. And it's about that question of what it means when learning the truth and the fullness of someone else's universe shakes your own. And I will put a link to it in the chat box if you want to check it out later. She writes, as white people, especially those with class privilege, we are taught that police protect and serve the community. They are seen as helpers. We teach our children if they are lost, in danger, or need help to look for a police officer. And largely, through most of my life, this narrative has matched my experience. However, the killings of Tamir Rice and Ayanna Stanley Jones are devastating examples of why Black people, Indigenous people, and people of color cannot teach their children this. Uprisings are occurring across the country because police have never been helpers for most Black people in the United States, nor for most Indigenous people and people of color, she continues. As with so many experiences of inequity in this country, white supremacy shields white people from harm, while teaching us to disbelieve the lived experience of our Black, Brown, and Indigenous neighbors. She goes on, the system of policing in the United States evolved directly from slave patrols. Groups of armed white men authorized to protect white wealth and white safety and to control and destroy black lives. It's not coincidental then that police have frequently been involved in lynchings and the violent enforcement of segregation including segregation as it persists in our world today. Right? With those words and more of them, if you go to that link and look at her whole column, right, Reverend Susan is inviting us to acknowledge that seeing the fullness of the universes inside of our neighbors, especially our Black neighbors, our Indigenous neighbors, right, our Latinx neighbors, that seeing the fullness of the universes inside of them, if we are white, 
might upend some of what we think we know. Right? It might upend some of how we see the world, some of how we conceive of order, of what it means uh, to have police officers. And it just, I think, as it was for people who had to learn the universes inside of their LGBTQ neighbors, this is not easy or straightforward or simple work. It's not one and done. Right? To know the fullness of someone else's experience, to see the breadth of who they are and how they have experienced life in the United States requires that we be willing to expand the universe inside ourself, right? It requires, right, coming to fully know and find beauty in the universe inside my neighbor means that I need to be willing to acknowledge that my universe ought to be expanded, that it's incomplete, that it needs my neighbors, that it needs my siblings, And like I said, right, that, but that, that sort of universe expansion, anyone who does astronomy knows that anytime something big happens in the cosmos, it's not like it just sort of peacefully ripples out, right? Things explode with nuclear force. Black holes are created, universes expand, stars explode. None of that is um, pleasant or kind, or easy, or, or peaceful even. It's riotous, right? It's dangerous, it's explosive. And so I just, if, if this week, this month, this lifetime, you feel that urge in your own heart that you just wish that everything could calm down. That we could just find a way to have peaceful dialogue. I invite you to let your universe be expanded by the lived experiences of Black people, Indigenous people, and people of color in the United States. And that does not mean that you will uh, have a conversation with one black person if you're white, or just like it wouldn't mean that if you were straight and you met one gay person, or if you were cisgendered and you met one trans person and they told you about themselves that you would have learned the full breadth of that group's or that identity's experience. Folks who have been pushed to the margin by dominant systems are not monoliths. There is no one singular Black experience in America that you can find out by talking to any Black person. And so I offer this as an invitation 
to that kind of universe expanding work. It often starts with listening. It starts with being willing to acknowledge that I don't have the fullness of the truth and that I need to learn it from my siblings and my neighbors and strangers and friends. And especially on Pride Month, I want us to hold in our hearts Kathy's invitation from the beginning of our service to not forget play. Because that is one of my favorite things about being part of queer communities here in Cheyenne and across the globe. Is our commitment to find joy in the struggle. Our commitment to dance while we protest, our commitment to wear glitter, our commitment to find joy. I'm not asking you to give up any of those things. You don't have to give up fun. You don't have to give up joy. You don't have to give up dancing. Instead, I'm asking you to give up certainty. I'm asking you to give up the idea that the world that you, as you conceive of it, is the only way it could be. I'm asking us to give up the idea that there is a single way forward and if we could all just get on the same page, surely it will work. I'm asking us to give up the golden rule in favor of the platinum one, right? I'm asking us to give up the idea that we should treat others as we would want to be treated in favor of the idea that we should treat other people the way that they ask to be treated. I'm asking us to give up the idea like in Reverend Soto's reading, right? I'm asking us to give up the idea that freedom is a license. And instead to see it as a promise. A promise that we make to ourselves and to each other. That knowing the beauty of the universe inside of me is not enough. Fighting for the universe of worth and dignity inside of me is not enough. I must fight for the beauty and the truth and the wholeness and the holiness of the universe inside of all of my neighbors. Universe expansion is no mean feat. It upends things, it disrupts things, it may even burn some things down, it may even change your sense of who you are. It may mean examining experiences from your past and your history and seeing them in a new way. It will be full of grief and wonder and horror and terror and hardship and heartbreak and beauty and possibility and joy and rejoicing. 
may we all find ways to expand our own universes, if only a little. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening. Here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne, we are grateful for the ways that you join our community. You can connect with us on our website at uucheyenne.org. And if you find yourself needing more support during these days, don't hesitate to reach out through our Facebook page or by contacting our minister, Reverend Hannah, at minister at uucheyenne.org. We are here for each other through whatever may come. <laughs>